please open your Bibles with me to the New Testament, to the Gospel according to Luke. As we will read from Luke chapter 17, beginning at verse 1 up to verse 19. Luke chapter 17, beginning at verse 1 up to verse 19. Hear God's holy and inspired word. Then said he, that is Jesus, then said he unto the disciples, It is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto them through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged around his neck, and he cast into the sea, than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. And the apostles said unto unto the Lord, Increase our faith. And the Lord said, If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamore tree, Be thou plucked up by the roots, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. But which of you, having a servant plowing or feeding cattle, will say unto him by and by, when he is come from the field, Go and sit down to meet. Will he not rather say unto him, Make ready wherewith I may sup, and gird thyself, and serve me, till I have eaten and drunken, and afterward thou shalt eat and drink? Does he not, does he thank that servant, because he did the things that were commanded him? I trow not. So likewise ye, when you have and you shall have done all these things which are commanded you, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And he entered into a certain village. There met him ten men that were lepers, which stood far off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back And with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at the feet, at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that returned to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith 
has made thee whole. So far, the reading of God's holy word. The text for this hour may be found in this passage, Luke chapter 17, and then particularly verse 5. Verse 5, where we have these words, and the this apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. And it's particularly those last line, that last line, increase our faith. So far then, the reading of God's word and also the reading of our text. We will now engage in prayer and ask for a blessing upon this worship service. Let us pray. Almighty God, heavenly, holy God and Father in heaven, we come to you this morning in order to worship you, for you are worthy to receive all the praise and all the honor that we can possibly give you. And Lord, even then, we cannot give what you deserve. But you are, you are a God who is majestic. You are holy. You are a God who deserves all the praise of mankind upon this whole earth and throughout all of the times and the seasons. You are the God who is to be worshipped. We have gathered together in this place of worship. And we thank you that we may do so in freedom. And that we are called together in order to lift up our heart and voice towards you. That we may worship you not only in song as we have done so already. But that we may also worship you in prayer. Thanking you for who you are. And how you have revealed yourself in your holy word. And how you are showing even this day. That you are not willing that any of us should perish. But that all should come to repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you that... The word of God is so clear and that it is so good that we may explore it, that we may study it, meditate upon it, and that we may also hear a sermon preached on a portion of it. And as that happens this morning, we pray for your Holy Spirit to lead and to guide us, both in speaking and in listening, that in speaking we may speak the truth that it may be according to the will and meaning of the Holy Spirit, and that in all things you would have the praise and the honor for it, not man, but you, O Heavenly Father. We thank you for the gift of your beloved Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that he has been given to us in order that he may be our Savior and our example, even an encourager to each one who has come to faith in him. And so we do pray that you would bless the word that comes to us this morning. We would be pleased to remember each one of us individually. And we ask that you would be with those who have special needs and special cares in the midst of the congregation. You know them, O Lord God. And we pray that each one may experience the riches of your help, the riches of your grace. And even if it would please you to grant healing and strength and relief from pain, O oh Lord God, do so. We pray for our brother Ray Koopman. Uphold and strengthen him. We thank you that he's come through the surgery, that he's recovering, and we ask that you would 
continue to recover him and that in all things we may have much reason to praise you. We pray for our sister Diane Rusink. Remember her and her husband as they're going through a very difficult time. Oh Lord God, be near to them, uphold them, even as they experience the, uh, the infirmities of aging. Lord, remember them in your mercy. We pray for Martha Dyer. Please remember her. And Lord, she has gone through a very difficult life, and, but you have helped her. You've encouraged her, and you have strengthened her, and you've encouraged her also to continue in your word, and therefore bless her, strengthen her, and be near to her. We pray for others in the congregation who are going through difficult times, the elderly, those who are shut in. Oh, Lord, remember them, be near to them, be close companion to them. We pray for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, you know, we're living in a very darkening world. And the darkness is descending rapidly upon this world because of the evils that are planned, the evils that are being done. Oh, Lord God, have mercy upon our world. Have mercy upon our land. Give, give those who govern over us insight into your word that they may turn away from sin and that they may turn to you, the living God, who alone is wise and gives wisdom for directions. And so we do pray. Lord God, we pray, lift the virus so that we may be able to carry on as we have in the past, but that we may remember at the same time that you are the God who is in control of all things. We pray for those who are persecuted. Lord, remember these brothers and sisters. Grant that they may stand strong in the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that their confession may resound and it may bring clarity to those who are unsure. And so bless them. Remember each one of us now. Bless our boys and girls. We thank you that they are amongst us as well. Even the little ones. Grant that they too may hear something of the goodness of the Lord God. Bless our youth, our young people. And grant that they may seek the Lord God while they are still in their days of youth. And remember each one of us. Stand strong in the faith. Convert those who are still to be converted. And will you work mightily amongst us. And we ask for all of this then in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let us continue to worship the Lord our God and do that with the singing of Psalter number 355. Psalter number 355, all the stanzas. And may the Lord bless you and your offerings as well.
in response to the preaching of the word, let us sing from Psalter number 190, the stanzas 1 and 2. 190, 1 and 2. In thee, O Lord, I put my trust. Shamed let me never be. And what follows? 190, the stanzas 1 and 2. Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, faith in Jesus Christ is crucial in the Christian religion. We know, of course, that the Lord has indicated already that without faith we cannot please God. So faith is crucial. And the exercise of faith is, is important for each and every one of us. That is, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Savior of sinners, but also as the one who encourages us to continue to trust in Him. And so faith, again, is very important. Because it is through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that there is that forgiveness of sin. But not only is there that forgiveness of sins, there is also the prospect of of peace with God, even the prospect of one day enjoying perfect joy with the Lord God in heaven. And so, you see, by having faith in Jesus Christ, you honor God the Father. Because God the Father is pleased with faith that is exercised by you and me, faith in His Son. God is pleased with that. In fact, the opposite can also be said, that God is not pleased when you do not exercise faith. And of course, when you do not exercise faith, there is sin involved. God is not pleased with that. And so we need to understand that as well. But faith in Jesus Christ is incredibly necessary for each and every one of us, young and old. Because by faith in Jesus Christ, we have Him then as our intercessor before the Father in heaven. And by faith in Jesus Christ, we also have the hope for eternal life and eternal joy as well, as I've indicated. Now, we live in a very restless world. A very darkening world. I've mentioned it in prayer already, but darkness is descending upon us fast and furious. And we, we need to have the light of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, it's so important that we are under the proclamation of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that we are encouraged then also to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the question, the question that needs to be looked at carefully this hour is that without faith we cannot go anywhere that is pleasing to God but with faith we may please God however and there is where the difficulties are for you and for me we may still be weak believers we may still be feeble believers we may at times even experience that there are gaps in our faith life That should not be there. But don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Because there is help available as well. We read of the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. That at a certain point in their life. As they were under the ministry of the Lord Jesus already. But at a certain point. They felt it necessary to request and to ask the Lord Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. 
increase our faith. Well, that is what we want to consider then as well this hour. The Lord is asked for increase of faith. That's our theme. In the first place, the reason for this request. Secondly, the occasion for this request. And then thirdly, the answer to this request. Now, congregation, the disciples requested the Lord Jesus that he would increase their faith. However, some people feel that that is not a question that is necessary. We, We don't need to ask for that. In fact, some even feel that's a wrong request. Increase our faith. They feel that once you have true saving faith, that is sufficient. That's enough to save you from your sins. And therefore, asking for increase of our faith could even be belittling the great gift that you have received already and being somewhat ungrateful about it. But you know, that that is a wrong interpretation altogether. Wrong interpretation. (coughs) The disciples did not ask for a larger quantity of faith. The disciples did not feel that the Lord had not handed them enough faith or that he handed them a small portion of faith only, and that they were asking now for a larger portion. No, that's, that's not it at all. Because if you think that, you're in misinterpreting the request. They said, increase our faith. <clears throat> Which means basically the following. Increase our confidence in you, O Lord God. Increase our strength of exercising our faith in you. That is really what it means to increase our faith. Now, the reason for such a request is therefore perfectly legitimate and biblical. It says, for instance, in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 29, he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Because after all, what is faith? What is faith? Well, faith is trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. It means dependence. It means reliance on Him. It is placing your whole self at His feet, so to speak, and say, Lord, do with me what needs to be done. That is faith. That is trust, you see. Faith is therefore a willingness and a desire to come to the Lord Jesus Christ empty-handed, receiving of His fullness that we need. And so, faith is not a package. Faith is an activity. Faith is an exercise, the strength of which is given to us by the Holy Spirit. And it's a gift from God. And therefore... The Bible tells us, for instance, in the book of James, that you must show your faith how? By your works, that is, by the exercises of your faith. Meaning that you must show your faith in the very ways you are to live before God in the exercise of your faith. Well, now, the kind of faith exercising is not the same with all of the Lord's people. Some are still weak in the faith. Some still require much growing and maturing in the faith. Some are still terribly plagued even with much unbelief 
And while faith should be a solid line towards the Lord God, it is often more like a dotted line, isn't it? There are gaps in between. And those gaps in between are gaps of unbelief, you see. And that is what needs to be changed. That is what needs to be moved by the Lord God, by Jesus Christ. That needs to be increased, that solid line, that line needs to be increased. And all of the Lord's people, no doubt, all of the Lord's people will, will readily admit not to be satisfied with one's own personal faith exercising. It is not the solid line that it should be. And therefore, they too will want to voice it with the disciples of the Lord. Lord, increase our faith. And isn't it true, dear people, if you know something about faith life, that your faith can use some increasing, can't it? That there is room for growth in your faith life. First, there's room for growth and increase as to the extent of your faith. When we begin the Christian life, faith does not grasp very much yet. Usually it is just to believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, that He died for sinners, and that, that I too am one of those sinners who have been drawn to Him. And that's a wonderful thing already. It's wonderful that we can be drawn and be attracted to the Lord Jesus Christ and, and believe that He is the Savior also of my sins, your sins. That, of course, is saving faith. But you see, there's more to believe. And there's more to exercise my faith on as well. I must grow in believing whatever the Bible says of Jesus Christ. And the whole Bible is full of what the Lord Jesus Christ is all about. Both in His suffering, both in His example setting, both in His prayer exercises towards us and helping us in our prayer, being intercessor for us. And all of these things, all of that must be grasped by faith. And so we must grow and increase in faith, in extent. And so the question can be asked, are you a believing, are you believing more and more what God has revealed in His Holy Word? Are you believing more and more of the truths of Scripture, dear people, than what you have begun to believe at the beginning of your Christian life? Are there areas where you must still learn to exercise more of your faith? Are they becoming larger and wider and more extensive as you embrace them all in faith? You see, we are often so cramped in our faith life, aren't we? In practice, we sometimes only believe a few things from God's wonderful Word. And that's so sad because we need to believe all of the Word of God. While God wants us to believe the complete word of God, it is therefore good for us too to request what the disciples once requested, Lord, increase our faith. And then, then there's also room for growth and increase as to the intensity of our faith. Not only the extent, but the intensity of our faith. 
We're sometimes so limp, aren't we? Sometimes so lifeless in believing, aren't we? We do believe in, in Jesus Christ and in His full and free salvation for us unworthy sinners. But there's often so very little excitement about believing this. Few around of us, few around us would, would even be able to notice that we are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Few of us would notice what we profess to believe. The intensity that is the strength, the power, the sharing excitement, it is not always there with us, is it? Oh yes, we believe in the providence of God, the ruling, guiding, providing care of God. But do we cling to that truth with unwavering certainty when things begin to go against us, when things become dark around us? The intensity, that firm grasp of faith, is it always there with you and me? And again, therefore, it is good that we do as the disciples did and say, Lord, increase our faith. Increase it more and more. Increase it in terms of its extent. Increase it in terms of its intensity. Now, congregation, do you see now the necessity of growing and increasing in faith. You would not be true to yourself if you think that you don't need any growing in your faith, that you don't need to have your faith increased. You would not be true to yourself and true to the Lord. Because if you're satisfied with the extent and with the intensity of your faith exercises, you may very well have too high an opinion of yourself in all of this. If you are of the opinion that that growth and increase of faith is not really necessary for you, as long as you are saved, why would the Apostle Paul then state, for instance, as we read in 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 3, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly. Grows exceedingly. Paul therefore thanked God because he noticed the Thessalonian Christians that their faith was growing. It was increasing. Now, can that be seen on you and on me? Can the brothers who come to you on home visitation the next time report back to the assembly of the consistory, thanks be to God, his or her faith is growing? Or will the report be something like this? Ah, yeah, there are the same struggles, there are the same weaknesses, there are the same doubts and the same fears. Nothing has really changed. Well, that, that's not increasing in faith, is it, beloved? And so perhaps you are too easily satisfied with weak faith. And yeah, be saddled with doubts. But the disciples went straight to the Lord Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of faith, and so must you and I. He is not only the giver 
but he is also the increaser of our faith. So therefore, as we have looked at the reason for this request, we could say that it is a good thing to ask the Lord, Lord, increase our faith. But now secondly, what is the occasion for this request, the occasion? What prompted the followers of the Lord Jesus Christ to say to him at a certain moment, Lord, increase our faith? Well, now, we have to look at the context in which this verse is found. Context is always very important in our Bible studies. And what was it, therefore, that prompted the disciples to ask, Lord, increase our faith? Well, in the verses that come before our text, we can read that the Lord Jesus, at that moment, placed two demands on his followers. Two demands. He expected two things of them. One, they were not to offend anyone. Two, they were, not, they were to be forgiving, rather. They were to be forgiving toward everyone. So they were not to defend anyone, and they were to be forgiving to everyone. First then, this whole matter of, of offenses. Or you could also translate it as causing someone to stumble. The followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, they were to be very careful not to cause any of the little ones to be offended or careful not to cause any of them to stumble. Anyone who was inclined to do such a thing, the Lord Jesus says, and it's a terrible thing to even think about it, how he says it, it would be better for him to have a millstone hung around his neck and be thrown in the sea. In other words, anyone who is inclined to cause offenses to little ones, to cause little ones to stumble, it would be better for, for that person that causes such offense to be drowned in the waters of the sea. That is how serious the Lord Jesus took the damage of causing offenses. Well, that's radical, isn't it? Radical. But apparently, the Lord Jesus found it right terrible if his followers, his disciples, believers, Christians, were in the habit of causing offenses or in the habit of causing others to stumble. And with those words, the Lord Jesus warned, therefore, he warned his followers that at no time they should bring any kind of discredit to the Christian religion. He said, as it were, to his followers, let no one stumble because of you. Now, this was one of the demands that the Lord Jesus made of his followers. Do not cause offense. Do not cause a little one to stumble. And that demand of the Lord alarmed the disciples. They realized right then and there, our faith is not strong enough to meet that demand. Lord, therefore, increase our faith. Now, the followers of the Lord, that is, Christians, in the church of today, are expected to do the same thing as the disciples of the Lord did. If we are true believers in Jesus Christ, we too have the Lord's demand upon us that we cause no offense and that we do not cause any of the little ones to stumble. 
Do we have little ones? Oh, yes, we do. Those little ones, who are they? Well, they're the ones who have, may have just come to faith or they still have much to learn yet. They, they are still weak in many areas. They are poor because they haven't seen the riches of Christ fully yet and embraced them yet. The ones who perhaps have not even come to faith yet, but who are still searching. They're still rather unstable. They need to learn much yet. And so we have to be careful with them because they are so easily offended, you see, and it wouldn't take much to trip them up. And today, the followers of the Lord are therefore strongly urged to be careful with such little ones. The Lord demands, therefore, of his followers to do everything in their power not to offend those little ones and not to let any of them stumble in any way. Now, Again, that's, that's quite a demand, isn't it? Quite a demand. That requires faithful Christian living. That requires increase of faith. And again, yes, we do have them around us, don't we? The little ones. Now, it's a very broad term here in Luke 17, verse 2. The little ones around us. At this point, we won't judge whether they are saved or not. We dare not do that. But one thing we do know, they are weak and they are rather unstable yet. How so? Well, they, they, they get quickly upset. They're easily offended. They're easily tripped up. And they're easily brought to stumble. And all those who are strong and growing in faith they don't get so easily offended. The strong in the faith, they don't quickly stumble to get or get tripped up. But the little ones do. The little ones. And now the Lord with all of, wants all of us who are his followers to be very careful with those little ones that we do not offend them. They're still little. They're still little. Do not cause them to stumble. They're still weak. They're still unstable. Elsewhere in the Bible, in Romans chapter 15 and verse 1, it says, We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. Well, with the disciples of the Lord, we should feel it. This is quite a demand on our part, to live so as not to offend any weak church member. What a responsibility this is, to live that kind of a Christian life, dear people, which will give no one any cause to be offended, to have no one stumble because of what we say or what we do. Now, is our faith life strong enough for this? If not, how good it is to go to the Lord and say, Lord, increase our faith. And then on top of that, there is that other demand that the Lord has also given, that we always be forgiving towards one another. You can read of that in the verses 3 and 4. The Lord uses strong language here. 
Take heed to yourselves. Watch yourselves. Guard yourselves. If a brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And even if this happens continually, even seven times a day, keep forgiving him. Don't lose your temper with him. Don't say, no, that's enough. That goes too far. No, forgive, forgive, forgive. You know, Simon Peter, you once asked the Lord Jesus how often he should forgive his brother who sins against him. And then the Lord Jesus gave him the answer. You can read of that in Matthew 18, verse 22. Until 70 times 7. In other words, continuously. Continuously. And so the question can be asked, how forgiving are we towards our brother and sister who has done us wrong? Some of the wrongs may have festered for 20, 30, 40 years already without any attempts of having them corrected and forgiven. Dear people, if we claim to be obedient to Christ, where is our obedience to this particular demand of Christ? Where is that forgiving spirit on our part? Why can't you and I, can't we forgive our brother and sister who has done us wrong? Oh, but you say, you'll have the excuse, yes, but, but, but they haven't changed over the years whatsoever. They're still doing me wrong time and time again. I, I, I can't keep on forgiving them. Now, dear people, I, I, I sympathize with that dilemma. It must hurt you. It must, must grieve you. It must trouble you, no doubt. It is not easy to be at the end of a stick and always get wronged and trespassed against. True enough. Perhaps this is the sacrament, or rather this is the, the sacrifice that, that you and I will have to, as it were, experience and, and the chastisement that we must live with. And yet, the Lord wants you and me to keep up that forgiving spirit. Is that weakness? Is that loss of dignity? No, but reveals strength of faith. Oh, but you say, how can I keep that up? How can I possibly keep that up? How can I carry on? How can I bear all that abuse and always be forgiving and forgiving and forgiving to this particular brother or sister? Well, again, the disciples must have felt that way too. And therefore, they went to the Lord. And they said, Lord, increase our faith. And this is what you and I must do as well. Ask the Lord to make you stronger in your exercises of faith so that you can forgive your brother or sister and keep on forgiving them. It will, in turn, get you to hear one day, good and faithful servant, enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, it is remarkable when we look at our text again that Luke, the, the gospel writer, calls the disciples by the title of apostles here in our text. As apostles, and the word means to be the ones who are sent out into the kingdom as workers. Therefore, apostles, kingdom workers, they saw their need to, re, 
revive their faith, to increase their faith so that they could be non-offending, so that they could be forgiving workers in the kingdom of God. And it is true that, that all believers need constant increase of faith, but especially kingdom workers, ministers, office bearers, teachers, leaders, they need to be non-offending in every way. They need to be forgiving in every way. And therefore, there is so great a need that the Lord would increase their faith. The occasion of Christian service warrants it, dear people. And then, when that request is made of the Lord, Lord, increase our faith, what is then the Lord's answer? The Lord's answer. Well, let's, let's look at that in the last place. That answer is very encouraging. It can be found in verse 6. And the Lord said, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry or sycamore tree, Be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Now, what is the Lord trying to say here to his followers, the apostles? Well, he is comparing their faith to a mustard seed. Now, in this respect, some people want to emphasize the smallness of a mustard seed. One Bible translation, in fact, has it that way. And it is true, a mustard seed is indeed very small. But that is not the intention of the Lord Jesus at this particular time to speak of something that is very small. The emphasis does not lie here so much with the smallness, but with the potential potential of that mustard seed. Farmers will know the power and the potential of mustard seed in their fields. It doesn't take much, and your field will be yellow. The potential and the producibility is tremendous. All it needs is contact with soil, with rain, and with sunshine. Well, now, so it is with faith. So says the Lord Jesus the potential and the power of faith is tremendous. All it needs is to be down to earth. Down to earth during trials. Where it can work, where it can exercise, where it can produce. And with the Lord's increase that we ask for, that mustard seed grain of faith will do what it must do even to transplanting mulberry sycamore trees from the field into the sea. Now, what an encouragement that is to faith, dear people. It's like a mustard seed, yes. What a power, what a potential, what a life is hidden in such a small seed. And when it is in place, when it is given increase by the Lord, in terms of rain and sunshine, so to speak, in a spiritual sense, it will do what it is meant to do. And no, the Christian faith will not require you to transplant sycamore trees. Neither will the Christian faith require of you to move mountains and put them into the sea. But your Christian faith, your faith in Christ, 
is required to exercise so that it will grow strong in everything there is to know about the Lord Jesus Christ and in his sacrificing love for you. Your faith in Christ, you see, it must be in exercise so that you will not offend anyone, not in the least any of the little ones among you. Your faith in Christ must be in exercise so that you are prepared to forgive and forgive and forgive your brother or sister at any time. Because remember, and this is what should stop us in our tracks when we are not ready to forgive someone. Remember how much God has forgiven us because of what Christ has suffered for you and for me on the cross. Just think of that. Christ has forgiven me all the horrible things I've done and said and thought through his sacrifice. And now I am asked to forgive that little offense or whatever it might be. I am called to forgive. And so the question can be asked, dear people, do we have true faith? If not, ah. Oh, then you must turn to God immediately at this very moment yet. And you must, must beg Him for that gift of faith because that is what it is. It is the gift of God. You cannot go wrong in doing so. But if you have that gift of faith, then ask the Lord also to increase your faith so that you'll be strengthened and able to exercise that faith to the glory of His name. Your faith, therefore, given by God, has that potential to increase. And therefore, ask for it. You can't increase it yourself, but God will increase it for you. Make that request. Lord, increase my faith. And when the Lord gives you that increase, increase of faith, you will have that God-given potential to do what the Lord asks of you at any particular moment. Because the life that he wants you to live is a life that has the joy of the Lord in it as well. So, is your faith like a mustard seed? Then pray the Lord for increase. And as the Apostle Paul once said, one plants, another waters, but God gives the increase. That is how it is with faith, dear people with true saving faith. May your faith therefore be of that kind and may it be noticeable by the exercises and by its increase to the glory of Christ and his precious name and sacrifice. Amen.
Let us close in prayer of thanksgiving. Lord God and Father in heaven, we thank you for the word that has come to us this morning hour. And may it be a word of encouragement for us who have come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that you are the one to whom we must go, that our faith may increase. At the same time, O Lord God, grant also to those who are still searching or who are not searching, that you would search them out and that you would give them repentance of sin and faith in you and therefore work mightily by way of your word and Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have blessed the disciples in such a rich measure that they could ask, boldly ask even, that their faith be increased. And may we also come to you, therefore, even now, Lord, increase our faith. Increase it in the extent, increase it in its intensity, and grant that we may learn then also not to offend anyone and always be ready to forgive anyone what they have done to us. Help us, O Lord God, increase our faith. Please forgive us where we have gone wrong, where we have been stubborn, where we have offended, where we have not been forgiving, and grant that we may turn from our sinful ways and turn to you, O Lord Jesus Christ. Bless us now, we pray, as we leave the sanctuary, and grant that we may return again later on this day, as we may again learn from your precious word how we are to live to the glory of your precious name. In Jesus' name, amen. In closing, let us sing from Psalter number 268, the stanza 1, 2, and 4, 268, 1, 2, and 4, after the benediction, doxology 315.
Return out to your homes and receive the blessings of God. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be and remain with you all. Amen. Oh